everybody, and welcome to your second cup of Linux Plus Coffee. I'm Shickle, and with me today is Jason Evangelo, our co-host. How are you doing today? I am caffeinated. <laughs> caffeinated. <laughs> the best way to be. Yes, this is my third cup. You know, we try to record this in the in my morning anyway, and you're like, oh, yeah. dark 30. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I already had two cups, and I was like, well, I have to drink coffee for Linux plus coffee, so I better make another cup. No, it's, it's I'm, only fair. I'm fine with it. How are you Can't doing, man? I'm complain about coffee. I'm doing fantastic. I mean, it's been, it's been a morning. I kept hitting the snooze button. I was like... I'm going to go to sleep early and just kind of wake up in, at the right time so I'll be nice and refreshed. And I just ha- kept hitting snooze because it's so easy to do. Is, so is yeah, this is I'm, this your morning or is this your late night? It's basically my morning, but it could also be my late night. It <laughs> really depends wild. on how the day before goes. Oh, my God. Last The week before last, we talked about Pop! OS and the website. And one thing that we had asked everybody else was would they consider... Uh, supporting pop one time or whether they would just donate once uh, you posted a twitter poll about it if i'm not mistaken the results are in and they're really interesting um because the question was would you pay a 12 dollar yearly subscription to support not to subscribe to not to get access to but to support pop os and you know i also said your reasons for or against doing that are perfectly valid and just vote honestly and let us hear your feedback So we had a total of 528 votes, and 48.9% of those people said yes, they would. Almost the majority, right? 24.1% said no, they would not. And a larger percentage, 27%, said no, but I would donate once. So if you add all that up, it is about 76% of respondents saying, hey, I would give some money to Pop! OS, whether that's a one-time donation or annual um, support, you know, like a subscription or something. I want to highlight some of the responses because I found them very, very interesting. We had, I mean, dozens of uh, responses. And this was, this was definitely, I think, a topic that gets people talking. It triggers that whole debate over free as in freedom or free as in free beer, right? I saw Nick from the Linux experiment Mm. comment in on it. And he said that it was absolutely worth it. Um, Optional for support and not mandatory to keep using the OS. Um, What I thought was really interesting is that he's actually been a proponent of uh, paid support for software for a while in terms of Linux. Like he's a huge elementary OS supporter and, Mm-hmm. He's always been a proponent. So it was good to see him chime in there as well with a similar sort of sentiment. Now, one person um, kind of went along the same lines as as my, not necessarily my belief, but my suggestion from Linux plus coffee number one, which is, you know, okay, so we have a hardware company that has customers that is, you know, known worldwide that is making a profit off of those hardware sales. And so is it weird? Do you, you know, do you feel weird by donating to their software project, right? Because these aren't um these aren't developers who are volunteering, right? They are paid to develop Pop OS. So uh W. E. Larson said, I don't think I would, because System76 is a company that created Pop OS to support its own hardware. 
If it was a community project like Ubuntu Mate, then yes. That's a really interesting approach because it, it is an aspect of the uh, the conundrum, so to speak. I mean, it's not like it's it's a factor that isn't there. So it's it's difficult to kind of understand where we draw the line between is it a community project? Is it a paid project? Because if it's not a if it's not a community project, if it is a paid project, then why are we supporting them in terms of donations? Well, but it's both, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's I mean it's, it's it weird. is not solely community driven like an Ubuntu Mate, but it is open source and there are community contributions to the source code. Yeah. So that's yeah, it that's what makes this a really fascinating um, discussion. And Expander said, I answered no because I'm not using Pop! OS. I would if I used it, though. And oh. there were a lot of responses like that. Like, well, no, I'm not using it. But if that were my daily driver, I would I would totally give them 12 bucks a year. And, um, I- you know, some people were saying like, yeah, that's that's what I pay for Netflix every month. Star Nerd. I hope I said that right. Star Nerd. Starry Nerd, maybe. Star Nerd said Maybe. But only if there's no benefits incurred from this. I love truly free software, which should remain truly free. No benefits of any sort should be given to those who donate. And I saw that sentiment a lot too. Like, I, well, I saw both. And in, 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 we'll have a link to this, uh, this entire discussion on Twitter because there's a lot of really thoughtful responses to dig into here. So there were two different sides to this particular kind of reply. Like Star Nerd said, he doesn't want people who donate to get anything extra, right? But the other side of the coin is people said, I think it would be really cool if I were a, you know, subscriber of sorts and I was paying that $12 a year to System76 for Pop! OS, I would like to get the level of support for Pop! OS that System76 hardware customers get. All I can say is that I think this, I hope, I hope this poll and all the responses are kind of an interesting thought exercise for System76. I know they're watching it. And so it's it's got to be encouraging for them to see that really high uh, percentage of people saying, yes, I would donate in some capacity. And it's it's got to, I'm hoping that they they are analyzing some of this feedback about you know maybe maybe we could have some some kind of uh, line of support for Pop OS that's an official subscription or or something like that another source of revenue right realistically I don't know if twelve bucks a month is what they would keep it at but that's a twelve bucks a year bar to entry twelve bucks uh, a, a year, year sorry. yeah twelve bucks that's a year a pretty low bar to entry one other thing I wanted to point out about this entire discussion is that uh, Carl Rochelle the CEO of System76, he came out and he said, this is actually something that the community has asked us to implement. And so that's why we put it on the new Pop! OS website. So, of course, as with any response, you'll always get people who are in the total polar opposite direction. (laughs) And I did find it interesting to see that some people on the poll had said no, and they had said that they expect a Windows or Mac level type of product to pay. But... The thing that struck me out about that was that, first and foremost, Windows and Mac cost 
a like massively different amounts of money, not just a one-time thing, but for pretty much every other service you're engaging with as well. It's not just the OS is outright this price. It'll always continue to cost you something. So that right there alone is, is kind of interesting. Like System76 is giving us quite a lot by offering us this. All I know is that they seem to have a very rabid and passionate fan base that I did not see two years ago when I got into Linux. Like right when I had discovered Pop! OS, it was only a couple months into my Linux journey. And I I guess I either it didn't exist or I didn't perceive that really just loving and passionate fan base around Pop! OS that I see now. There are some really passionate users around it. And I, I mean, I see it an example in the Linux for Everyone group. There's a few users in there who I know I knew used Pop! OS, but I didn't realize that it was their daily driver and it's what they use all the time. And then I was like, oh, they even used you for the testimonials in their website. So I Oh, yeah, yeah. A couple users and, and you know, they didn't really cite uh, press, which I think is cool even though I'm press yeah. and I'm a journalist, but um, <laughs> I like it when I like it when companies just go to normal users and not like fake normal users, right? Users that right. you know that are in your community um, that exactly. are that are vouching for that for that for that product. So Pop OS is a weird one for me, man. It's my daily driver. It's what I use to produce everything. I like visually it's not my favorite distribution. <laughs> so I'm so torn on it every day. I'm like, man. I really miss elementary. Man, I really wish Pop used KDE, but I stick to it because it just works. Frustrating. <laughs> frustrating that there are so many gorgeous and and ambitious Linux distributions out there. What a problem to have. And what a problem to have. <laughs> Let's move on. This is, of course, Linux plus coffee. And a lot of you said, you know, you guys should actually talk more about coffee. And so we're going to do that. But before we get into it, let me take a second to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this video. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls, load balancers, and way more than I can mention in this ad spot. DigitalOcean also has thousands of tutorials which they keep up to date. You can get all this plus access to their awesome customer support for as low as five bucks per month. So whether it's a huge project or just a simple blog, you can get started on DigitalOcean for two months free with a $100 credit by going to do.co slash DLN. And I want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this video and the entire Destination Linux network. I have a guilty, you know, I have an admission. Um, I've been drinking most almost all of my coffee from a Keurig machine. <laughs> I don't, why, why is that a guilty? Why is that a, why do you feel guilt it's about just, it? Is it is it because of the fact that they're not uh recyclable and you can't reuse them or is it just more because like you're lazy or <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Shickle is uh That's destroying amazing. Shickle is lazy and destroying the planet. <laughs> 
Absolutely. That's that's my, oh, my priority number one is as soon harsh. as I become the new Linux mascot. You know, actually, I've never actually thought about that, but the recycling part is a good point. That probably does create a lot of waste. We do have a lot of coffee grounds like uh, in bags and things like that that I can actually grind up. Mm-hmm. And they have K-cups that I could probably end up using that are just reusable. So that might be the route that I end up going with it. But I think for me, the guilt is mostly that I enjoy coffee so much, but put so little effort into it. And I think that's what bugs me about it is I'm like, this feels wrong. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. So I used to use just a regular drip coffee maker, right? A filter coffee maker. Probably, I mean, I started drinking coffee when I was 15. So for probably 25 years or so, I just stuck to that. Um I, I, however, I did, I have bought manual espresso machines where you, you know, you grind it, you tamp it, you put it in, you steam your milk, you, oh, you know, goodness. get some of that creamy froth at the end. Um, but that was way too much work. Like, it's just such a production. And then, uh, and then I actually worked as a shift supervisor at Starbucks for a few years. And after I left that job, I was like, nope, I don't want to do this myself <laughs> anymore. But it, somewhere along the way, I discovered the AeroPress. And the AeroPress, for those of you who don't know, it's like it's just this, this self-contained plastic device. And it's sort of a, like a mix between a French press and an old school vacuum press. I mean, I won't go into like super specifics, but um, it's cheap. It's really easy to use. It's extremely easy to clean up. You just heat up some water, you pour your coffee into the AeroPress, and stop laughing. (laughs) If he's laughing a lot, it's because I just tried to say this like five times, and that'll probably be in the blooper section and not in the like proper show. Just that moment Um, of defeat where you're just like, you know what, just put the water in. (laughs) You just put the water in. Um, Anyway, we we have, I think we'll have a video at the uh, front of this episode that actually shows joeallenmusic.com, an awesome musician and fan of the show, who uh, put together this really just kind of seductive footage of him preparing an AeroPress cup of coffee in the the Linux for Everyone mug. But anyway, that's that's my preferred method of brewing. And it's just nice because it doesn't give you all that um, kind of muddy residue that Mm, you get out of a French press. And it's not as strong as espresso, and you can really just control like how strong you want it. And it's super easy to clean up. You just like, poof, just pop the filter into the trash can, give it a little rinse, and you're good to go. You know, like cleaning up a French press is such a mess. Anyway, yeah, it's like anyway. cleaning up like a, a mud cake factory to me, <laughs> at least. It's just there's dirt everywhere, basically. It's not. It's not fun. And then you have to wait for it. Like God, wait four minutes for it to no. Just, you know, I pour I pour my water into the AeroPress, I stir it a bit, wait like 10 seconds, done. Right, that concludes our section on Coffee Talk. For the next episode, though, I want to talk to you guys about the coffee culture in Croatia. So uh, hopefully you can look forward to that. I've lived here about three years now and have definitely been able to observe the vast differences in American culture and um, Eastern European coffee culture. And that's something I'm kind of dying to talk about. So, but Chickle. Yes. Let's tell the people what we are really here to rant about <laughs> this week. 
Yeah, so I'll go ahead and and intro this one because I have a feeling you're gonna you're gonna be pretty passionate about it. And this week we've settled on the topic of super keys, and there's a lot behind super keys, and I think what they symbolize, not technically, but <laughs> philosophically, ideologically, just it's the principle of it, I think. I think it's the principle of it. And it's more than just a key. It's a statement. The reason that we wanted to discuss this is because as positive and encouraging as most of the answers were from um, Matthew Miller and Mark Pearson, in the uh, Lenovo and Fedora interview. As awesome as that talk was, I knew, I had this feeling when I asked them, so are these Fedora laptops, these Fedora ThinkPads, are they going to have a super key or a Windows key? And I just knew in the back of my mind that, you know, it was going to be the same response that Dell gives you. You know, it's, well, it's identical hardware, and so no, it's going to have a the Windows key on it and not a customized yeah. super key. And it, it honestly, it ruffled my feathers a bit because, and this is why, okay? I have four laptops sitting here. Here is a System76 Lemur Pro. Gosh, can, I, can I do this properly? Where's the super key? Okay. Uh, there it is. That is really wild. I've never actually seen that before. Maybe that's, um, yeah, the, well, that's definitely on my Oryx Pro as well, which I'm using right now to, to awesome. record. So you've got this, and... I like the way this looks, right? And it's unique. Yeah. It's it's not a Windows thing. It's not a Mac thing. Okay. System 76. Not a uh, global behemoth corporation with tons yeah. of money. Here is the, uh, the, the very comparable Tuxedo Computers Infinity Book S. All right? Oh. And they have, their, they have their own. That's their tuxedo logo. So that is their super key. Now, when you order um, when you order some of the Manjaro Infinity Book Pros from Tuxedo, they're going to have the Manjaro logo lasered on as the super key. All right, that's kind of cool. Here is one from Star Labs. Have you guys heard of Star Labs? That's good stuff. Yeah. So here is a Star Labs uh, laptop, and for some reason, my lighting is not working. Um, and I hope you can see that, but that oh, just says super on it. it just says super. And here is <laughs> the Dell XPS 13 7390 uh -oh. developer. Uh -oh. I know where this is going. Developer edition <laughs> with Ubuntu and there's a Windows key. And look, I understand okay, some people I are going to dual boot, okay? <laughs> but I want to understand, I want to understand why these small why a small European company can simply charge you like 70 euros or 60 euros or whatever their extra charge is. If you want to get, if I want to get a Linux for everyone logo as my super key on, on um, several of their laptops, I can do that. Yeah. Here's 60 euros. Print it. Laser that, that laser that thing on there. Why, why is a, you know, a small, like still probably viewed as a startup hardware company in Colorado getting getting their chassis from Clevo and Sager how why can they afford to do that why can they afford to go uh, we're going to swap out the the windows key for our own super key so that's why oh, that's why I'm frustrated right why can't yeah. Lenovo and Dell who should be and they are they are championing Linux 
but why can't they take it that extra step when these so, so smaller companies can? All right, I'm going to breathe. <sighs> I feel like they may be... Okay, technically, I'm sure they could. I've done a bit of digging into the history of the super key. Okay. And the super key is ancient. Like, it predates Windows itself, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Apple was actually the first, like, mainstream system to use it. Um, it was eventually, it was initially created for something called the, uh, I don't know, like the Galaxy Board or some Star Board or some stupid thing like that. It sounds like a video game thing, but I think it was made for programmers who used a language called Lisp. So Windows eventually ended up adopting it. Um, and around, I think, the earlier days of XP, or maybe a, a version or two before that, they had started licensing hardware companies to actually have the Windows key printed on their boards in a specific fashion. Right, okay. And these kinds of standards, I think, have made it somewhat difficult for hardware companies to move away from it. Um, even like this board right here, I'll pull off. This is my keyboard that's on my desk. It's just got a normal super key on it and it's not even, or not a normal super key, a windows start. key. I guess start key maybe, or I mean, there's key, different names exactly. for it, but yeah, start key. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And this board, I mean, it's not attached to a laptop. It's not attached to. Yeah, but it's just the standard. Let's be honest. It is the standard because yeah. you know, windows controls 90, 90% of the, uh, PC ecosystem. So, and it is a shame, and I think where this comes from is actually because they are already shipping this hardware, um, because it's already something that they've got in their production lines and they've already gone ahead and designed, it's either A, not something that they can change because their production process doesn't really allow for that. These are just things that are already kind of along the way, and changing the OS is something that's done by probably the software teams and not by the hardware teams. Um, or because they might not actually be allowed to. They might be contracted with Microsoft to exclusively print hardware. Uh, yeah, it's pretty It's pretty awful. <laughs> it's pretty awful. We don't know that. Um, we don't. But, you know, you mentioned those licensing fees for the, the start yeah. key, the Windows key back in the day. I wish I knew more about this from a legal standpoint, but... Um, wouldn't it stand to reason that the companies could save money if they did not use that key? I don't know if it was the other way around. I, I'm not sure if Microsoft paid them. I'm pretty sure now they probably pay Microsoft no matter what it was back in the day, <laughs> because that's just how Microsoft is these days. Um, but it is possible that because Windows had become the standard, that it, would, it wouldn't make much sense not to to do this like it would be something that you you'd be the odd man left out i think if you didn't take that step hardware politics for me i i occasionally use windows not as a daily driver not to get any work done maybe to play the occasional game that i simply can't play on linux because it's impossible but for me it almost feels embarrassing to tote around you know the dell xps developer edition with a windows key I want if I go into um a cafe bar or a restaurant or or you know out in public like because I'm a Linux advocate I want people to walk by and see a penguin or see something besides and 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 maybe it catches their eye and maybe they go hey what what is that I've never seen that before 
have you heard about our Lord and Savior Linux? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would do that, but but you know what I, you know where I'm coming from, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I've been in that boat before myself. Like I almost all of my laptops, actually, if with the exception of one, has a, a Windows key on it, and none of them have Windows on them. Yeah, yeah, so, and of course yeah. those are probably primarily shipped or only shipped with Windows. But my point of contention arrives when we get to the the Dell and Lenovo yeah. issue. Like, I don't have an issue if Asus wants to do that, if MSI wants to do that, if Gigabyte wants to do that, if Razer wants to do that, right. because they don't offer an out-of-the-box Linux shipping yeah. option. I just feel like if you are going to advocate for Linux and you're going to set up a website like dell.com slash Linux dedicated to all your Linux machines and developer edition laptops, like just take that extra step. Even if you have to charge us extra money for it, we know it's possible. Tuxedo Computers is doing it. Um, Star Labs is doing it, you know, and they're taking these mass produced chassis and, and customizing them. It's not like we're not willing to pay extra for things because Linux users, I think are fairly certain are fairly understanding of the fact that they are in a niche. Yeah, and and when you're in a niche, you sometimes pay extra. You know, that's that's why you pay extra for um, an Oryx Pro laptop versus something of a similar spec from you know MSI or or Dell because smaller quantities are produced, um, higher costs because you know they're doing it all in house. They have. They're, they don't have the economy of scale. That's what I was looking for. They don't have the economy of scale that Adele and Lenovo has. But I really do wish that, that those two OEMs would step forward and offer it as an option. I don't, care, nice I don't care if it's $100 more. Just offer it. Just offer it. Sure enough, there will be people rolling around in conferences or in... in rooms somewhere and there will be a non windows key on on somebody's laptop like it's something that people will definitely do Mm -hmm. they're already going out of their way to buy a linux specific laptop and you're proud of that i really felt i I really feel like some people who might pay okay you're paying fifty dollars less to get a an xps developer edition laptop with linux on it right because you're not paying for that windows license fee and Dell is paying a little bit less for that machine. So they pass some of that savings on to you, which is awesome. Um, but I feel like it's not the complete package. It's just that far away from being the complete package that I can boast about and be prideful of. And uh, Because hardware-wise, yeah. it's, it's the same laptop that the Windows users are getting. It just has some other OS slapped onto it, which means... Mm-hmm. I. It, Granted, grateful that it's there, but at the same time, I don't really think there's any, not to say there's no work going into it, because obviously somebody has to campaign for it. Somebody has to actually make this okay with Dell. Maybe this will change someday. Until then, like as much, oh man, I can't even, I'm having an inner argument with myself right now, because after doing that Lenovo and Fedora interview, I want that new ThinkPad X1 carbon it looks good with fedora 32 workstation on it like i want that i've wanted a thinkpad for years because of the keyboard that is the major difference between 
ThinkPads and all other laptops on the market. They can all, you can have your like practically non-existent bezels on your XPS laptops, but you will not get a keyboard as comfortable and as much of a joy to type on as a ThinkPad. And so my inner struggle is like, man, I really want to buy one of those X1 Carbons when they come out. If I'm spending that kind of money, I want something that is a Linux machine. Something for you, Uh, not just... Yeah. Yeah. So it's a struggle. (laughs) It's a a struggle. (laughs) But we want to know what you think. So leave your feedback in the comments, or uh, you can find us on Twitter at Linux, the number for everyone. You can, of course, join the Telegram group and talk about it there. T.me slash Linux, the number for everyone. Links, as always, are at the bottom of this video, along with places you can buy some Linux for everyone merch and where you can find Shickle's videos. By the way, um, kudos, kudos for that uh, shower scene you did. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to leave the details on this video. Like people are going to have to click on your channel and, and see what I'm talking about. But that shower video, man, though, (laughs) what else do we want to, do we, are we, are we good? What else? I have some good news. Oh, go. So this is something that I did recently and I mean, it's not like a huge thing, but I was pretty happy with it. I sold my first laptop with Linux uh, yesterday and the great thing is pop OS. The way it's installed allows you to install it in a sort of OEM mode. So whoever gets the laptop can just set it up the way they like. There's no passwords you've already configured. Yeah. 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 Um, So I sold one of our, our laptops to somebody. It was in great condition because I hate seeing hardware get damaged. Good for you. And so, yeah, I was just really happy with that because somebody, they took on to it super well. They were enjoying it. And, you know, I told them, I get, do you have any questions? Or if you absolutely need it, I mean, Windows is attached to the device. So if you need to install Windows, it's already activated and you're fine. But yeah, they got on with Pop! OS. They're doing well so far. So so did, did they that. did they ask you for Pop! OS or... or- um, or was it no, like a surprise? I actually, yeah, I well, it was it was a pop. <laughs> I I had put it on the description that the Windows key was attached to the device, but um, Linux was installed. I actually did oh, okay. put Pop OS specifically, uh-huh. um, but in parentheses I put Linux OS just because if it helps, they can huh. do a little bit of research. But they seemed happy with it. I was really excited to see that. Oh, that's cool. That was like your Trojan horse to get somebody into Linux, perhaps. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Take a look at this laptop. There's nothing suspicious about it. Uh, before we go, what are you working on over on your YouTube channel? Oh, what am I working on? So I have done a little bit of thinking, and I want to keep doing small little app picks where I just take a look at things that I find and I want to draw attention to, mm-hmm. usually very simple applications. But I've also been doing... Uh, videos about um, like Ubuntu and different changes and things that they've made, which I think could definitely use more attention. Uh, one of his videos is about Fragments, which is a BitTorrent client that is yes. like by far the most uh, elegant. It's just so clean. BitTorrent client, yeah, it's just clean. It looks like it was developed for elementary, but yeah. Anyway, go check out that video. Subscribe to this channel. If you want more Linux Plus coffee and tons of other videos about stuff, stuff, stuff <laughs> and stuff, cool stuff. Um. 
All right, guys, that's going to do it for Linux Plus Coffee Cup number two. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, on behalf of Shickle and the entire team at Linux for Everyone, take care, take care of each other, and we'll see you for the next video. You just, you know, you grind it, you pour your, um, you pour your, oh my God, you grind your beans, you pour your, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are they called? <laughs> Grounds? Gr grind? Gr you, you, grounds. Uh, yeah. What the f That's a weird one. <laughs> all right. So if you add all that up, I mean, that's, uh, that is almost. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, where is this going? I'm, I'm trying to do simple math in my head on three cups of coffee and I can't. Um, uh, oh, let me do that again. <laughs>